In week three, the Ravens went to see Big Ben in London and ended up getting their clocks cleaned. The Giants and Bengals found a way to get into the end zone and then found new ways to lose. The floodgates of fantasy may have finally opened as Le'Veon Bell, Aaron Rodgers, and Odell Beckham seem to find their form. But the Ruts boys have been in championship form since mid-July. Let's run up the You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Run Up the Score, week three recap coming at you. I'm Donald Wagonblast. With me is my brother Scott. Hey. And our good friend Tom Hillier. Hey, everybody. Gentlemen, week three, I think, is the week that the NFL kind of started to get its groove back. You know, there were a lot of really good games, a lot of high-scoring games, a lot of studs going off like we would hope that they would. The 1 o'clock games were mayhem. There was just so much mayhem and glory, some would call it, <laughs> for some teams. Misery for others, but it was really it was really something to watch. My favorite play of the day, and I'll try to keep this short. I know we got a lot to get to, was the chase down. Oh, uh, yeah. The yeah. Bears defender. Vance who, McDonald. Yeah, and then it was like very uh, Don Baby, BB. From the Bills in the Super Bowl. Right, right. Like years and years and years against the Cowboys. Love that stuff. Yeah, that was cool. And it was interesting because so the so the punter bats it out of the end zone, right? Yeah. And then there's a false start, so they have to kick from the five. If he just dove on that, it's a safety. Steelers win twenty four twenty three and not losing overtime. Hashtag stats. Or was it seventeen? It was twenty three seventeen, so they would have won. 17-16. Yeah. Well, you know, a butterfly flaps his wings in Japan. and Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I can segue that. No, I, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Um, we are beginning to roll out our recap segments, and we're starting with, uh, you know, it's, it's week three. You know, week two, week one, you lose, you're okay. Week two, 0-2, oh 16, 18 playoff brackets. You still got a shot at the playoffs. You go 0-3, you need a hero. (laughs) And that is going to bring us to our new recap segment. If you need a hero, we've got your waiver wire heroes for you. Um, And we're going to try to give that to you guys right now. So let's just start. I'm going to just throw mine out there. Because I mentioned him in the week three preview. Chris Thompson. My yeah. goodness. And it's not just because he's scoring a lot of touchdowns, okay? Like, there's actually, like, some other situational things that you need to be aware of. Rob Kelly didn't play. He's got a rib issue. Ribs can be a really a real nagging injury. It can flare up at any time when he does come back. I think he's probably going to be a pretty safe bet to come back. But, again, rib injuries could really get, be troublesome. Right. Jay Gruden didn't forgive Samaje Ryan for a preseason fumble and benched him in week one. And Samaje Ryan fumbled again in his own territory to set up one of the Raiders' only scoring drives. He is going to be buried on their bench. So if Chris Thompson has somehow slipped through the cracks and is available in your league, whatever need you have, get Chris Thompson. It's time. It's time. He's an ultimate flex play at this point with his ability to get his you know five or six carries per game and what seems like five or six targets and he's making the absolute most out of those targets and it seems like the Redskins are really using him as a focal point of their offense yeah. and with Jordan Reed all dinged up and no chemistry with Pryor yet and it seems like a little bit of a struggle for chemistry even with Jamison Crowder they've been a little off to start it seems like Chris Thompson has actually been the linchpin of this offense and you know I think you're right you pick that up and you ride it as long as it can go. Even to stay on that team, I think Josh Doxson, if he's available in your league, is worth a look. Yeah. Um, if you're needy at wide receiver, I mean, he's he's had good games before. I don't think it's um, – I think it's less of a one-off than some people might give it credit for. Right. Not an every-week starter kind of guy, but definitely someone to monitor. Maybe a good asset on the bench. They asked uh, the Redskins D-backs about the play that Doxson made, and they were like, yeah, he does that to us like every day in practice. And it's it's Doxson's not Norman. Gonna, he didn't no. say that. No, well, no. <laughs> Norman had much more to say about the Raiders wide receiver. Yeah, that game. yeah. Of course he um, did. Doxson is a really interesting play for me because you know prior in the prior experiment right as of right now has not worked. No, 
and breaks my heart. Like the three of us, I think believe that the talent is going to win out, and he, they're eventually going to get this figured out. But you know, people weren't drafting Terrell Pryor in the fourth, fifth, sixth round for him to take three weeks to figure it out, right. especially with you know Washington blowing the doors off of Oakland and Kirk Cousins throwing for you know three hundred seventy-five yards or more. And not like basically none of it going to a guy who was supposed to unlock their offense and be that guy that Josh Jackson was last night. You know, he was going up and winning a 50 50 ball and scoring. Like, that should have been prior. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. <laughs> the point of the season we're at right now is where you kind of got to forget about where you drafted somebody yep. and just start to look at the value that they're actually giving you. Because if you fall into that trap where, well, you know, I took him here, he's my guy, you're going to go out there and you're going to lose. Like, it. You can bench these guys. You can yeah. bench anyone anytime. Right. Like And if you're a if you're 0 and 3 or a low scoring 1 and 2 team, like you really need to look at weeks 4, 5 and 6 as I got to get back to 500 or it's a lost season. One more guy uh potential hero um for anyone who owns Jordan Reed, uh Vernon Davis. Yep. Had himself a night last night. It looks like even with Jordan Reed being out, the Redskins are still going to try to utilize the tight end as a focal point of their offense. And Vernon Davis really looked healthy last night. And uh, I think he's if you have Jordan Reed, you might as well just add him. And no matter what, at least you have a guy who you can start a tight end. And just prior to us going into the studio to record, it was announced that Tyler Eifert's going to miss multiple weeks. Not sure about his back surgery. Um, he, he's they've, They haven't ruled out back surgery, but he doesn't need it as of now. So it's definitely wow. something to monitor. Vernon Davis, if Jordan Reed continues to miss time, that's a great Eifert band-aid. I don't think it's going to be the solution to your tight end needs. You're going to need to figure to keep watching that waiver wire and figure something out, but you know, but you know what? Let's go to tight end, Scott, because I think we have some other tight end plays that we can go well, to. Well, I have a interesting stat about tight ends that will make you a little bit more calm. I was looking at um our hometown league together, and I was looking at the highest scoring tight ends. 14 of the top 20 until up to this point were not drafted. So the tight end field is completely wide open. Once again, there's Jason Witten in the top three, and he went undrafted in the 10-man leagues, and they're scattered all throughout the top 20. It's it's just such a crazy position that, okay, you lost Eifert. You probably burned a high pick on him like I did, which, yeah, that's unfortunate. But it seems like we're going to be able to patchwork some guys in. A guy that I really like, if he's still unowned, is, is Tom's boy, Charles Clay. I think that at this point, he's, he's a must-own. Yeah. Another touchdown. Um, he looked really good. He just has that rapport with Tyrod. So, right. You know, I'm David Njoku as well. I, I keep saying his name. You know, I'm, at this point, I'm pretty much like committed to buying his jersey at for, the end of the year. For me, he just doesn't get the targets, but he has scored two weeks in a row. Yeah. yeah, his reception totals are really low. So if you're looking to play a guy like him, Austin Hooper, the guys who have the low reception totals, but you know, at the tight end position, you're more keen to play those guys in standard because they right. have that top, uh, that high uh, touchdown upside. Whereas a guy like Charles Clay. Although he's scoring touchdowns and he's a great tight end asset, he's getting a lot more reception, so he can really keep you afloat in PPR formats. Definitely. All righty, so uh, let's talk wide receivers. I think everybody pretty much expected the shellacking that the Jags were going to give to uh, the Ravens <laughs> on Sunday morning. By the way, just a side note, it's so cool waking up at 9.30 and watching a football game. We get to do it again that. this week, too, yeah. which is great. Yeah, um, it's the Dolphins and the Saints. And yep. The Saints actually left Carolina and... Traveled. They're in London already. Yeah, I saw Breeze at a uh, Arsenal game, oh. taking videos and stuff like that. I do want to mention one more guy in the tight end position. I know I'm kind of a uh, a garbage tight end. You know, I can see through. I can see the garbage diamonds digger. in the rough. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking through the trash here. Um, I would say like more like American pickers. Type thing. <laughs> sure. Well, so the Bengals scheme the tight end right because they have Eifert. But his replacement, Tyler Croft, right. did get three catches, which is more than, let's say, Njoku, which is more than, let's say, Hooper, you know? Yep. And they play the Browns this week. And I know I let you guys down with Jack Doyle. <laughs> and I'm still reeling from that. I cannot believe it. But I still stand by that over the last, you know, like 20-something games, the Browns are the worst team against the tight end. And Andy Dalton looks pretty good. I'm talking for sure DraftKings, FanDuel, keep him in mind. He's probably going to be dirt cheap. As cheap as you can get. Yeah, but in your redraft leagues, like Scott was saying, there's probably guys out there. 
Oh, there's plenty of guys out there. I think um, to transition, um, Don was trying to loop in receivers and Tom wanted to bring in a tight end. So I'll go back to one of my plum picks at receiver um, from last week. A guy that I really like going forward now is Devin Funches. Um, he, you know, is dealing with a situation where he's risen to the top of of the of the food chain, so to speak. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to get absolutely peppered. Um, but that doesn't mean, you know, there's, there's still another, at least 20 pass attempts. This guy's going to get targeted, especially if Benjamin, which is misses time, which he didn't, um, have any real structural damage, but it seems like he's going to be out at least a week or two. So I think Devin Funches is a great pickup and possible plug and play for the next couple weeks moving forward. I think he, just because of sheer volume, I am absolutely on board with Funches, you know, the Panthers can't score. No, they cannot score a touchdown. And it's to the point now where where it's like, you know, Tom, like you said, like it might be time to give up on Cam Newton as your every week starter because he just he doesn't have it. Yeah, I really think that was uh, more or less a litmus test kind of thing to go against the Saints at home. What at home? What what more do you want in a matchup? You know? Yeah. So Christian McCaffrey did well. You know, Jonathan Stewart did well. But these receivers and Cam Newton it's really it's tough. I, yeah. I I wouldn't trust Cam Newton as my every week quarterback. Mm. I definitely wouldn't trust him at New England this week. So if you've started him those first three weeks, it, it might be time to find a replacement. And there are some guys like I I'll you know it's another hill I'll probably be dying on by the end of this season. But <laughs> Andy Dalton looked good. Yep. Um, he's got the Browns this week, so you can start Andy Dalton against the Browns over Cam Newton at the Patriots. If you're me, that's that's perfectly acceptable and then you've got Blake Bortles he looked really good I mean he did he did it's tough to say and even when he looks bad a lot of the time he manages a really good fantasy performance Blake Bortles was the top 10 quarterback last year it was the ugliest top 10 season you've ever seen from a fantasy quarterback but he got there and you know he wasn't drafted in our hometown league and you know we can even transition this now because I'm reading Scott's mind and yours uh, we're going to talk Marquis Lee. Yeah, their receivers right. have looked great for the past yeah, to couple bring it, weeks. To bring it full circle, which is yeah. kind of how we started, um, Marquis Lee and Hearns have both both played very well. Yeah. Um, Marquis Lee looks every bit the number one receiver that uh, the Jags had drafted him to be. And, uh, you know, I love Hearns. I've always thought that he's been a great asset in the red zone for the Jags, and it looks like he's going to continue to be that. Speaking of red zone assets, how much stock are we really putting in the Mercedes Lewis game? You know, Very, three touchdowns. I, to me, it kind of seems like he was like squeaky wheeling it because he didn't have a catch in their first two games. Right. And so you know, and then also you got the factor of momentum. You know, he was playing with a whole lot of confidence, so they figured might as well you know give him another shot down here. And then he gets two, so like all right, let's give him another one. And now all of a sudden we're up thirty-eight nothing. Yeah, very little confidence as with him going like forward. You know, he could be a decent matchup guy, but I don't think he's someone that you're gonna. You can't expect that. I mean, obviously, you cannot right. expect that. He had three career touchdowns or three touchdowns in the last, you know, few years. They said, um, and he had three in the last game. So it's going to level out, you know, kind of yeah, like definitely. You know, they were throwing him jump balls and you know had him running some some pretty interesting like out and ups and stuff like that. That um, Blake Bortles like they never throws to a tight end like that. So it's very hard to believe that this is sustainable. I I would love to see Mercedes Lewis do it again yeah but i just there's no way and let's be honest the ravens were a shell of themselves yesterday yeah i mean they had a rough day it's just it's just it's a very stern reminder that you know and especially with oakland last night as well like there are just going to be games where teams just go out and lay a friggin egg and unfortunately it was the ravens unfortunately it was you know uh, the raiders unfortunately it was the dolphins you know we haven't even really touched on them but they didn't look that great um you know those of you who streamed Cutler, I know it's going to be tough for you to go back to the well, but plays New Orleans this week. Yeah, he, and both of their starting corners were banged up against Carolina, and you know now they go across the ocean. Yeah, I, I still believe. I think he and Devontae Parker clearly worked something out in the middle of that game because that last drive, I think it was literally like five targets, five catches, and a touchdown for Devontae Parker to salvage a or to avoid a, sh- a shutout. Right. So I like Jay Cutler this week. If uh, But, you know, like there are just so many other quarterbacks who didn't lay an egg against one of the 
obvious tank teams right. in the NFL this year. If we're talking about quarterbacks now, I'll, I'll take this platform to promote um, my plum pick from the very first episode that we did, uh, Mr. Deshaun Watson, who looked absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. Quick little stat for Deshaun Watson. He's within three fantasy points so far this year of Matt Ryan, Big Ben, and Derek Carr, and he only played two and a half games to their three. So he's obviously showing his capability. He did it against New England in New England as a rookie quarterback, which is like absolutely unbelievable. The sky's the limit for this kid. He's going to keep getting better. And if if there's one thing I remember, and you know, I don't mean to, to just like stereotype him, but like. We, we liked Cam Newton. Like Nobody thought Cam Newton was going to have the rookie season that he had. But it was a week two game against Green Bay that Green Bay narrowly escaped. And that was the moment where everybody was like, okay, like this Cam Newton guy is going to yeah. be good. Like I can roll with him. Andrew Luck had a very similar rookie season as well where you were like, I want to trust him. I think he's going to be great down the road, but I don't know if I can trust him this year. And then you realize you could. Right. I think we're getting to that point with Deshaun Watson because – Bill Belichick against his old coach with a rookie quarterback, you know, like the pieces were just getting put together where it was like, what, like this to is me, gonna be that a disaster. Game screamed forty-two to ten, and, and they hung yeah. in there the whole way and had the game won if it wasn't for an incredible Brady to Cooks, play. yeah, and an interception drop on their own part. Right, Brady really almost got picked, and the game almost ended there. So uh, let's let's stick with the Texans though, because Deontay Foreman for the second straight week, outperformed Lamar Miller. And, you know, you may not be able to pick him up and start him this week, but you may be able to pick him up and start him down the road when he supplants Lamar Miller because it's not if at this point anymore. He has been so much more effective. We were talking about how Lamar Miller would keep his value through the passing game. Foreman out-received Miller and out-rushed him last week. I think, you know, they might just be going with a youth movement here in Houston and basically the only holdover with really any value is DeAndre Hopkins from the old offense. If you own um, Lamar Miller, you should own him as well. It, Agreed. I mean, it, you should make it a priority to have him. Um, otherwise, you know, you're going to steal him from the Lamar Miller owner and maybe you can kind of leverage a deal in the trade talks. Right. Yeah, dangle him over his head a little bit. But, um, you know, obviously from my bold predictions, I was excited about Foreman coming back, and it's good to see him healthy now because he's really struggled to stay healthy through the preseason. And I think, um, you know, in my prediction, I said by week seven because I thought that he was going to be really coming on strong by then. But it seems like it could even be a little earlier. Foreman, very much worth an add. Yeah, another running back that is going to be a benefactor of, well, it's more of an injury situation here. It totally is. Right. Um, Wendell Smallwood yep. is totally a good option if he is available in your league you should pick him up the eagles do have some other running backs and they like to give you know they like to switch out at the position a yeah. whole lot yeah they're gonna be there mixing it up clement back there he got a touchdown pretty good yeah he, he did score but i think wendell smallwood is going to be prioritized over him he's definitely above him in the depth chart at least for now um Danelle pumphrey but i don't see anything coming majorly in the only indication is is that he's um, a sizable comparison to Darren Sproles. Sproles yep. So, but not in heart. But no, no, certainly not in heart. And you know, if you haven't heard, uh, Darren Sproles out for the year, broke his arm and tore his ACL in the same play. We wish that upon no I one. I can't even. He was a concussion was away like. from injury. Bingo. Yeah, I mean, he almost hit the cycle. Was, yeah. I, I think you could kind of assume he had some sort of concussion at that point with yeah. like that much, you know, some sort of like something trauma. going on in his brain. Yeah, some it's trauma. It's a traumatic event. I've never heard anything like that. And yeah, I, you know, I, I really feel bad for him because he's, like I said in one of the tweets I had out, you know, he's one of the most exciting guys in the league when he's out there returning a punt or taking a screen 70 yards and snaking through all these monstrous dudes. It's, I'll miss seeing those touchdowns and this he's, year. He's one of the leaders in all-purpose yards history. Yeah, all-time. He's ahead of Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah. Wow. All-purpose yards. Yeah, hashtag stats. Uh, speaking of the Eagles, let's stay with them for a second. Jake Elliott. Wow. Why not? Yeah, right? I mean, if you're sweet. if you're disappointed with what you've gotten out of your kicker, and listen, kicker's a streamable position at this point in the year because nobody's really reaching unless you took Tucker, which now you're probably regretting given what happened in <laughs> London this week. But 61-yarder, they send the kid out there and he boots it through. I mean, he's going to – if they're if they're 50 or more out, he's going to get the look yeah. because now they have all the confidence in the world in him. I mean, he really – 
cemented himself as a as a startable option to me in fantasy. This, it's really interesting because he is filling in for um, Sturgis, who is hurt. Um, so it didn't even really seem like to him probably that he would even have a chance to to make the roster. You know, the teams only carry one, but he makes the team and. And here he is, and he kicks his 60-yard field goal. To me, it's like if I'm the coach and I got a 55-yarder, you know, like those those in-between ranges um, where you're like, should I punch, should I kick? Those are the ones where your fantasy kickers really cash in. And to see a guy hit a 61-yarder or a big moment, Doug Peterson, if they're if they're you know if it's a close game and he's a 57-yarder, send Jake Elliott out Absolutely. there, go bang it home. Yeah, yeah and, and even more importantly, you know, kickers are kind of head cases, and he's got to be confident on cloud nine like, yeah so carried but, off the field yeah so he's uh he's gonna be going nuts <laughs> yeah. i saw this video of his parents in the stand that was adorable it was awesome yeah his dad was touched yeah oh, that's the so least. Cool. and it was so funny because like we were masculinely touched oh, right <laughs> it's like scott and i we were watching the games with some of our college friends and all of us all any of us were saying was like please miss it short because the Giants sent odell back there like let's just see if odell can take this back and he boots it through it was a couple yards kick. left on it too yeah. i bet he could have took it back odell yeah he can do anything he would have those catches were unreal it, we'll get to it yeah but, pick up odell uh, beckham if yeah. he's out there <laughs> carson wentz not the worst option in the world either he's been he's been doing pretty well um bit of a tough matchup for his number one wide receiver so you you, you know you take that into right. account if um janoris jenkins didn't play carson wentz was right there streamable like yeah, I even started him in a league over Mariota, unfortunately. Um, I just believe the Eagles at home were going to have a better showing than, than what they did. And uh, I agree with you. I love Carson Wentz. I, I really like watching him play, too. I just really think he's a great quarterback. Yeah. All right. Um, Anyone we're missing? Any last-minute heroes here? Um, Scott, yeah, you're I the can, only one with a list. Let so me, let me fire off a couple yours. for you. I mean, Duke Johnson's been playing great. If Touchdown, he's out there, I think he's worth an ad. Um, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, go ahead. So go ahead. Duke Johnson's averaging like sixty to eighty yards a game, pretty right. much. So if you're, you know, standard, you're gonna get that points. Eight points so is like, a lot. In yeah, standard. and especially if you're in a bigger league where it's a, it's a real grind, like you're in a twelve man. Right. He's an actual truly good asset because if you're getting a reliable number like that, when someone tanks in standard, they tank. Yeah, you know what zero. I mean? <laughs> so the reliability aspect is huge with him. Kamara, who you're about to bring up, yep. got into the end zone for the first time. Props to Kamara. He just but, looks like their best running back. Yeah, huh. and I think... What? Huh. It's almost as if someone on this podcast said he was going to lead the Saints' backfield in fantasy points in the Bold Predictions <laughs> episode. All right, well, it's week three, so uh, just huh. breathe a little bit over there. Yeah, huh. well, anyway, um, I think it's less likely for him to find the end zone as much as Adrian Peterson or Mark Ingram. And it's it's a weird game where he scores and they don't, in right. my opinion. I feel like he's much, uh, much more of an asset in one of those... You know, Saints Falcons. You know, like right. he can shoot out type of Saints Falcons. But I feel less comfortable playing him Saints Carolina. You know, yeah. it's weird that he's the one who escapes with a touchdown. But uh, I think he's an asset. I think he should be owned in all leagues, and he's playing in some games like a receiver. So yeah. it's just awesome to have. It's like imagine you had, and this is what it is. So you don't really have to imagine a receiver in the Saints offense that you can play in the running back position right. in your fantasy. Yeah. Team. It's the year of the pass catching back, man. So and we, uh, he's another example. We're going to say this one more time for those of you who are still not listening. Get Brandon Coleman on your team. <laughs> it's over. He's a wide receiver too. He get he him. doesn't he just it just he doesn't get the target share that I that I think he deserves quite frankly, but of course, he had one target this week and it was a touchdown. So Snead is coming back so we'll we'll monitor how that affects Brandon right. Coleman, but um He's every bit of six whatever, and he is a he's a beast. He should be getting the ball. He looks huge out there. Often, I yes. said it he's last week. A, I think that he I think they underbill his. Yeah. it's like whenever yeah. I, when I see him, I am scared. And I see Snead yeah. as more of like a move the chains between the twenties kind of guy. Like you want a guy who's getting red zone looks specifically in standard, as you mentioned, Tom. So I think specifically in standard, Coleman's got to be owned PPR. I see the hesitation, but. I think he should still be on your roster, maybe not starting until you know the bye weeks start to hit us in a couple of weeks here. But, I mean, he's, he's got to be owned. Yes, need not prolific in the red zone, no. I should mention. But right. it's just the target share and the actual snaps and routes run that I'd be worried about maybe coming into effect. Um, last two running backs I had, um, Jamal Charles looked pretty good. Oh, and yeah. Split carries almost right down the center with C.J. Anderson. Um, 
the Broncos have always been willing to give up on C.J. Anderson at the drop of a hat. That's so true. So, you know, who knows? Jamal Charles could be the one getting 20 carries next week. And he's looked better and better and better as the weeks have rolled on. He's really starting to get his legs under him. He looks stronger, healthier. Please just give us one more full season of Jamal Charles. One more guy, too, I'm not using a claim on, but I might add him post-waiver time, uh, Brandon Oliver. Um, You know, it seems like... uh, Melvin is going to make it okay. He's got a bone bruise right now, but he's been dealing with Uh, knee issues already. A minor bone bruise, like much less significant than the one Sam Bradford's currently dealing with. He actually wanted to go back in the game, and the Chargers held him out because it seemed like it was, you know, it was the game was in Philip Rivers' hands, so they seemed it seemed like it was out of hand for the Chargers. Um, And then another receiver, I think, if Amendola's hanging out too. He's worth an ad just because the Absolutely. Patriots' offense if looks Hogan amazing. If Hogan is still out there, if Amendola is still out there, those guys should be owned. Yeah. Um, and once again, when you the, – the Patriots almost have that like barn burner, the uh, the Saints-Falcons right. thing available to them every week. And yeah, and it seems, like, it seems like their defense, the Patriots' defense, hasn't turned the corner to being that elite defense that we all expected it to be. So – yeah, it seems like they're actually they could actually be in a lot of shootouts this year, which obviously spells great for for fantasy because really Patriots don't even are everywhere. Need a defense no. until the no. playoffs. Yeah, you're right. They're basically just biding time until yeah until until the AFC Championship game. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, shall we get to our our? Uh, do you want to just quickly touch on all the games, or did we have any other players? Um, um, the only other one I can think of is Paul Richardson. Uh, scored in back-to-back yeah, games. Yeah, Looks like he's definitely usurping Tyler Lockett, which, you know, it, it kind of stinks because I, I am a Tyler Lockett truther, but I'm, uh, I've am i got the wherewithal to tell you that I think Paul Richardson looks pretty good. I like Richardson, too, especially with the uncertainty of Baldwin. When um, you think about, sorry, when you think about ahead. how many touchdowns Russell Wilson has thrown, so few, um, yeah. leading up until this week. So he's the only receiver on the, on the Seahawks to have scored in multiple weeks. Right. You know what I mean? So... He's the only player on the Seahawks who has scored in multiple weeks. Yeah, so when you look at it that way, he's getting a, a large percentage share of red zone activity, right. and Russell Wilson obviously has a, a trust level in him that started a little bit last year, but he looks like he has blossomed into a, a full-time player this year for the Seahawks. A couple other streamer QBs. Um, we went through Dalton, Bortles, Cutler. Watson, Cutler. Um, you still got Carson Palmer against San Fran, who just got absolutely shredded. Uh, by Jared Goff and you still got Jared Goff against the Cowboys whose secondary looks pretty exploitable and Jared Goff has looked pretty darn good so far he really has um they play a really tough stretch of defenses coming up so if you if you're trying to get cute and play the California kid who doesn't know where the sun rises this might week four maybe the last week to do it because they've got both matchups with Seattle like right around the corner right so just something to monitor hopefully McVay's offense is matchup proof because it's been really cool to watch the Rams. And speaking of the Rams, what a Thursday night game we had. Really set the tone for the entire week. Uh, you know, the Niners made a great comeback. Carlos Hyde, two touchdowns. Todd Gurley, three touchdowns. Two guys that we loved. At least one of us loved all of both of those guys in the value that we were getting them. And they right. have turned in huge dividends. Hyde has looked unbelievable. And Gurley's looked even better. Yeah, they both have looked great. The Todd Gurley renaissance is fully in, and, and Sean McVay is at practice every day just salivating at all the opportunity that he has to give the ball to such a good running back. I was wishing for Todd Gurley in more leagues. I'm happy to have him in the ones I have, but, I mean, he looks just as good as ever. He has as many touchdowns right now as he had all of last season. Unbelievable. Pretty so good. that's going to help your fantasy team just a smidge. Just Something a that I do want to cool everyone's jets on. I know we love the Moscow Mule over here. We're avid, uh, I was going to yeah. say drinkers of the Moscow. We, we're <laughs> drinking the Kool-Aid on We're sipping Cooper the Mule. Cup. All right. Yeah, but he is actually borderline droppable right now, in my opinion. He's not, he was outshined by Robert Woods. Right. Clearly outshined by Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a big week one, which you know we couldn't be more happy with, but He's not getting that same target share, that same market share. Where you drafted him is about right now where he's worth again. Yeah. So for me, it's going to take – it's it's a long hill back up for him to be fantasy relevant, to be started every week. Like it seemed in the beginning of the season that the writing was on the wall that he was going to be you know, so involved. But right now, 
you could drop him if you needed to pick up one of these guys that we were just mentioning. You might want to hang on to him in case he comes back to life. But Especially with Watkins with uh, concussion issues going exactly. on right now. But he has Watkins has 10 days to clear, so it seems like he's going to play. I agree with you. It's It just seems like it's going to be a little too unpredictable for the mule. Like if you drink too many mules, your night might be a little too unpredictable. <laughs> Cooper Cuff's nights are going to be a little unpredictable too. Uh, let's get to the unpredictable games that we had in the one o'clock slate. The Jags, like we said, I mean, it was unbelievable. Well, this was the, the London slate. True, yeah. But um, yeah, Leonard Fournette scores again. Um, the Ravens held him in check for the most part, but they couldn't get out of their own way. He ends up with a with a carry on the three, converts it, and right. like we said, Bortles is Bortles. I think is trustable right now because they're they're hiding behind that defense. They get the Jets next week. Yeah, just ask so, Jay Cutler how that is, though. Well, that's true. Jets, baby. That's true. <laughs> um, the Ravens, I, I think this is just a hiccup game for the Ravens. I really do. Yeah, Alex Collins got a lot of run in this game. Um, if you were watching, he looked pretty good. He but, did. Um, I think this only does more to make their backfield cloudy. Like, yeah. I'm not rushing out to go get him. Um, we definitely saw a down game for Buck Allen. He was involved way more in week one and two, so a little bit disappointing right there for fantasy owners. And Terrence West was active. He looked healthy, Lost and they still like him. Yeah. But um, going into next week, if it's if it's a three way timeshare with those guys, and your and, quarterback's throwing for twenty yards, yeah, it's it, looking it's, like something to avoid. Yeah, it's something to avoid for sure. Buck Allen full point PPR maybe because of just the reception totals, right? But that's really it. I expect a better week for them because they play Pittsburgh division rival. They'll be more prepared. I, you know, there's something with that London game where. I think a lot of teams when they go over there, you know, they're a little lethargic. And yeah, and the Jags have been there so many times that they're they're much more used to traveling right. over there and then playing a game. So, yep, Broncos Bills. Uh, we said this was going to be a sloppy game. It was a sloppy game. Defenses ruled the day, and hopefully you shut down Trevor. Simeon. Hopefully you shut down Simeon. Yeah, good call, Tom. You know, two picks. I think it was and yep. no touchdowns. No, no touchdowns. touchdowns. And Tyrod. Wow. Well, Tyrod one of his touchdowns well. was. Uh, very lucky. Right off the hands of my boy Zay Jones. Yeah. Goes flying backward into another Bills receiver's yeah. hands. So, you know, that was a pretty lucky one. Um, if you started Tyrod, you got away with one, but he's got no a nice kidding. schedule coming up too. Um, so I'd be really interested in owning Tyrod yeah. like I do. Um, but Zay Jones, still not uh, loving still it. Still not ready. The no, thing is, is that target that he biffed was a red zone target. And right he had there, the so potential game-winning touchdown in against, his hands against yeah. Carolina. Uh, Carolina, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they like him. Um, it's you know, it's just that he's a rookie, he's a human, yeah. and he's he's getting used yeah. to the offense. And they're certainly not going away from him. Yeah, Charles Clay, still the, the guy, the pass catcher that you want yeah. out of there. How how about how it ended yeah. with Von Miller? You guys saw that how obviously how that transpired where he hits Tyrod to the ground and uh, goes to goes to pick up Tyrod and gives him like the psych yeah, hand like through the, the, hair. the hair. They give him an unsportsmanlike Conduct, first down. Bills kick a field goal. Go up ten. Win the game. That's soft. Tyrod and Von Miller were laughing, laughing about on it the field immediately. So it was not um, nefarious or anything. They just wanted to throw the flag. Yep. That's just. I that's mean, it, so you're soft. not supposed to do that. So I get it. Uh, no, I don't. Um, I don't get how Chicago throws well, for barely a hundred yards and beats the Steelers in overtime. I can tell you how because Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Came to play. Yeah, and they I wish both... Tariq Cohen got that glory touchdown. Oh, what a run that they was! They called him out of bounds, but it was—I um, wouldn't call it that was indisputable evidence. Soft. It was real. It was really close. Well, they went with the ruling on the field. They called him out of bounds on the field. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They called him out of bounds on the field, so they just stuck with the ruling. And I think you know that's probably why. And then, of course, uh, I think it was maybe a play or two later. Jordan Howard makes a great run to the outside and just blasts in the end zone. He looked fast. He looked strong. Jordan Howard looked like the Jordan Howard of last year. And combining that with Tariq Cohen, they didn't need to throw the ball down. No. Jordan Howard looked like a guy trying to save his own job. No kidding. And he did. Um, uh, so yeah, I was going to say. He, he great for him. Did. However, Tariq Cohen leads all NFL running backs in receptions. And targets. And targets. He's still in every... I think he's in every week flex play for sure. No doubt. Um, he'll be a running back two option when the buys start rolling around. You know, I'm not shying away from him just because Howard had a great game. This is what John Fox does. Like, if John Fox doesn't think he can win with the quarterback he's got in, if and he's trying to hide him, he'll just run the ball. This is the guy right. who coached Tim Tebow to Tebow mania. You know what I mean? <laughs> so this is like this is what he does. Like, if he's got this figured out, he's gonna just try and put 
all of his effort into his ground game and make sure that you know that's how they win games and they go out and they beat Pittsburgh. We got Ben Rhodeslisberger. Yeah, man. Um, but we did get an Antonio Brown touchdown. We did get a Le'Veon Bell touchdown. You know, I think it's going to start clicking here for Pittsburgh, especially, you know, this is an eye-opening loss you know, that they need to rebound from quickly. I, I was saying to you guys before the, the episode started, and I, I don't think we need to delve too deeply politically, but um, I believe that the anthem had something. There was something going on with the Steelers because they were the first team to not come on the field for the anthem, and I think that there's a lot of emotion around that type of thing. And also, one of their players actually did go out. He served. He served multiple tours in in the military and army and in, ranger. Right. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, he could do whatever the heck he wants. Absolutely. Um, but I think that you know that kind of stuff leads to like a weird kind of vibe sometimes. Yeah. And, and Tomlin when things start to not, not go your way, then you know you get in trouble, and that's what it looked like to me. And Tomlin was very much on the side of you know let's stay in the locker room, do that kind of thing. Right. So if there's a rift between the team or whatever, you know, there's a lot of differing ideologies in just any sample size of people. So maybe they're not clicking on all cylinders right now. But as a football team, they have all these talented weapons. And right. They should be fine. It shouldn't be panic time on the Steelers, especially as far as fantasy football. Martavis Bryant didn't put out a great performance, but in the first quarter, he dropped a bomb. Yep. That would have been a 60-yard touchdown, guaranteed. Would have turned his day around completely. Probably would have turned the game around completely. Right. So that's just the funny thing about fantasy football and football in general is that he was an inch away from turning that game on its head at yep. the start. Um, I want to say something about Terry Cohen before we go on. Go it's ahead. a new week, so I have a new player to compare him to. Okay. Right? Originally, you know. Jaquiz Rogers. No, originally Sproles. Sproles, Right, okay. And then it's like a Jaquiz Rogers. Who we got now? And I, now I think it's a Tevin Coleman. Okay. Because, you know, he's existing in the offense with Jordan Howard. They're both going to be startable assets. And he's, you know, he's the light version, you know. Yeah, he and, plays off of Howard well. And he's getting rushing attempts. He's getting passes sent his way you know what i mean mm-hmm. of, of course he's skilled in the passing game but he's also a skilled runner and that's the same thing you see out of tevin coleman and you gotta hope that howard and cohen kind of develop that chemistry that coleman and freeman have i don't think there's any ill will between tevin coleman and Devontae freeman and i think that's what makes you know that they such a combo go is because they know all right like i'm gonna get my opportunities and he's gonna get his so i gotta make the most of mine and then he'll make the most of his and if we both do that we're gonna win games and that's exactly what they did against Detroit, a very controversial ending um, with the Golden Tate touchdown. I thought he panned up. I thought he scored. I thought they should have ruled it a touchdown. Um, They didn't, or they did rule it. I don't think there was any reason they should have overturned it. Tough break for the Lions, but, you know, they're still atop the division with the uh, Packers and the Vikings. This was a great game. The the Falcons-Lions was basically exactly what we were hoping for. Um, The Falcons hate Julio Jones. I mean, they don't hate him like outside of the twenty, but once they get into the twenty, they can't stand him. They don't even know where he is. And they, I actually saw them throw the ball to Julio Jones in the end zone twice, so I got very excited and and very much enjoyed that. But they weren't in the red zone; they were like forty yard bombs and into double coverage and stuff like that. So, yeah, Julio is still toxic in the red zone. Maybe one day it will come. Maybe it never will. But the fact of the matter is, is he still churns out production that no receiver can without scoring touchdowns. He's still in the you know in your top 20 in receivers right now without a touchdown, which is insane. Yeah, just wait till he plays Carolina. He'll be the number one because he tears. Them. Right, he'll get another 300. And- <laughs> but um, it was an interesting game. Tevin Coleman has been involved uh, the whole way through. You can start him in standard as an RB2. Yep. I mean, he has not turned in a performance in that uh, format under five points, and people, they, they disrespect him. But, I mean, you can throw him out there every single week. He's got that big touchdown upside, and he's fast to get to that pile on. Guy that we didn't mention that maybe we should have, Taylor Gabriel. As um, a standard another play. Another standard play. I mean, and I like Sanu as a PPR guy, too, because Sanu had himself another good game, too. But go ahead with Gabriel. Yeah, Sanu, he, he scored a touchdown. He had a lot of catches. Right. And even last week, you know, the writing was on the wall that they were going to get him involved. Mm-hmm. And he's a gadget guy, too. He can do a lot more than just catch the ball. The way the Bengals used him was wild. And the Falcons certainly have room for that. And right. I'm sure they have some stuff drawn up. Yeah. You know, he actually has, like, four career passing touchdowns. Yep. He had a 100% rate for a while, too, but he did ruin that. Um, Taylor Gabriel, though, uh, lightning in a bottle, that kind of guy. He's a, you know, oh, my God, I'm destroyed by bye weeks kind of guy. What can I do? Taylor Gabriel, he might win you the week, too. Yep. 
That yeah. was the kind of guy he was being used at by these podcast hosts last year. <laughs> right. For sure. Absolutely. I know for a fact both of you did. I don't yeah. know if I ever got a piece of the pie, but it would have been awesome if I did. I loved him in in Daily, too. Yeah. He was awesome in Daily, and obviously we'll still hold that value now. Yeah, yeah Golden Tate, um, big day. I mean, yeah. He, as the stat sheet was still good, but you give him that second touchdown, stat sheet's great. Ooh, yeah. And um, he scored four touchdowns last year. That would have been his third of this year. Yeah. So another guy who's scoring a lot more. We can't just give Marvin Jones all of the Anquan Bolden touchdowns. I right. know it's easy to make that comparison to try to help him out because he's a big body guy. He's pretty good at it. Um, but Golden Tate's no scrub. He's going to get in there, and they went for him right in the slant, kind of like Devontae Adams style. Right. He's not the Jordy Nelson of the end zone. He's the quick off the line, right. getting the ball. Catch a low pass, dive in type of guy. Exactly. From a scrub, from no scrub to a guy that gets no love from us, Amir Abdullah has actually looked very good um, <laughs> in the reference. past couple of weeks. Uh, I, I'm, I'm starting to believe in him. I don't believe in him as a running back two yet, but... Bye week, bye week. Feelings come in. I think Amir Abdullah is making a really good claim. He's running well. He had three catches for thirty nine yards last last night. I think he's in the conversation as a bye week. Full I think filler. it's a product of the Lions actually becoming one of the better teams in the NFL, and I think that's what we saw yesterday. Um, they made some additions to their offensive line that everyone thought were going to help uh, the pass protection more than anything, but it seems like they're really helping the run game because it, the Lions were. Their run game was non-existent last year. And, yeah, they didn't have Abdul, and maybe now having him will make it better. But I agree with you, Don. I think that the Lions are going to be winning a lot of games this year as opposed to trying to, to fight back. So I think that means a lot more work for Abdullah. Yeah, when your defense improves as well, like it just looked as a, a better unit versus the Giants. I know versus the, the Falcons it's a tough test. But that kind of running back is the benefactor. Right. You know? Like you're saying, they're winning the game. They're going to hand it off to the bruiser, et cetera, et cetera. The only problem with him is he's had an injury-riddled career right. in his time in the NFL. So maybe he's a ticking time bomb in that regard. If you're in like a crazy 12-man, you know, whatever, like no running backs available kind of thing. Right. With his injury history, it's probably worth a stash on Zach Zenner just yeah. because he'll be insurance. The, yeah, and, and Dwayne Washington is dealing with an injury right now. All right, let's move on now. Saints-Panthers was lopsided, but not in the way that we expected. Drew Brees, he did, he did it to me again. I've never known what to was make that, of Drew Brees. Was that five years in a yeah, row? Pretty That's much. His best game versus the Panthers in his career. Okay, well, I mean, I feel a little bit better about that, but he not was, really. He was just so he on the money. everybody yep. that he needed to. Thomas gets a touchdown. Coleman gets a touchdown. Alvin Kamara gets a touchdown. Ginn. Ginn gets a touchdown. Fleener was involved the whole whole day. You know, it was just shellacking. But let's look at the Panthers. We got a very good Christian McCaffrey game. Nine catches, 101 yards. 12 targets. He, it's yeah. time to put the bib on, Christian, because yeah. with, the, with the Benjamin injury and the Olsen injury, it seems as though there's not going to be really anybody in this passing game that steps up besides McCaffrey, and he looked really good. He had a really nice out and up on the sideline that Cam overthrew him a little bit, and he made a nice jumping catch, and then they ruled him down, but he was like weaving around, cutting, you know, doing Christian McCaffrey-like things, which was great to see, and I expect a lot more of that coming forward. He plays New England this week, which a lot of people would assume is a tougher matchup, but they've actually been a little weaker this year on defense. So. Particularly against running backs. Yeah, so, I, I mean... I. You, I was obviously, all of us really, I, I tried the whole summer to sell you guys, and I thought I did a pretty good job, and he did a pretty good job of himself of selling himself on both of you. And I became I think, a buyer. Right, and I think, I think it's going to start to pay dividends soon because he is going to get peppered. All right, uh, the Vikings-Buccaneers didn't see the Vikings winning this one at all. Um, I thought the Bucs looked them. incredibly impressive against uh, Chicago, and then they looked equally unimpressive uh, Jameis made some boneheaded throws. He had a he had a bad pick. That's he threw a pick style. to no one. That's his style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just to no one. He's he threw a maverick a out there. Yeah. Um, he did get me one to Deshaun Jackson. So. Yep, that was nice. You know, you got to be careful. Check of the finger, check of the hand. <laughs> Ding. You got to be careful with the uh, with Minnesota with their defense with your number one receiver because the roads closed. Yeah. Xavier yeah. Rhodes has been awesome this year lights out on michael thomas antonio brown and mike evans to open the season and last year shut down odell shut down alshon like the list is growing and it is stellar yeah it's stellar this is a bad game for mike evans as far as mike evans goes he still had a good amount of receptions to keep him alive yeah five for 76 what is considered is what he's probably the most unguardable in stature and you know measurables that way and he was still 
he was he's bottled up. So first of all, he was bottled up physically, and then Xavier Rhodes showed that he had some Conor McGregor in him or something because he messed with him mentally. Yeah, you saw Mike Evans, Evans throwing that stuff on the sideline. Odell Beckham esque exactly, meltdown. Yeah, yeah. Rhodes was the guy that brought that out of yeah. Odell Beckham. So he's saying some messed up stuff over there. We gotta get it. him mic'd up. He, he's getting on. He's getting to that Norman level for me. You know, you, know, you guys know I, how I love those shut down corners who talk to talk, walk to walk. I'm a Rhodes man. Yeah, you're a Rhodes guy. I think That's I'm a fair. Rhodes man. You're a Rhodes I like scholar. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't blame you. He he looks so good, and I agree. It's you know you're never gonna bench a guy like Mike Evans, and luckily for you, he was able to in a in a PPR league and even in a standard league turn a performance that wasn't just horrible for you, and may, hopefully you were able to survive. Mike Evans will obviously see better days. Um, let's turn over to the Vikings because Case Keenum absolutely lit up the Bucks defense. I think Stefan Diggs is is becoming one of the best receivers in the league. I think Dalvin I think he's an every week starter and I think Dalvin Cook is too. I oh think, yeah, Dalvin Cook has been locked and loaded for me. I, I love having him in the lineup. Yeah, love they they use at, him all over the field. Love looking at my phone and just seeing him in the lineup. I feel good about it every week. Yeah. Um worth noting that that was Case Keenum's best game ever. ever. You know, so you can't just go out there and have your best game ever, every week. Um, so I don't know about Case Keenum so much. Right. Stephon Diggs looks awesome. There's no doubt about it. Thielen is making me, you know, I, I'm i really coming to, like, I Five for Thielen. 98 from Thielen yesterday. Yeah. He I, leads the league in, in slot yards, and um, Ster- and Sterling Shepard is second by a couple yards, but Sterling Shepard had that, like, junker like 80 yard yeah, touchdown yeah. yesterday where two eagles ran into each other and stuff like that so Thielen, Thielen has clearly been the best slot receiver in the nfl so yeah far. i'm at a loss for words with him really like he, he's been great um he has those games last year where you're like wow he's never gonna do that again and he's going to and he keeps doing it. he's really really good and he keeps doing not it. much else to say sometimes he glossed just... over though uh cameron Brait touchdown yep for the bucks you know they've only played two games so you really can't count out cameron Brait just yet uh, he was a great red zone I asset did. last year. He saved another interception. He kind of like played defensive back and burst right. through some Vikings to uh, to catch the ball. But he's a guy that if you're struggling with these tight ends, if you're a Tyler Eifert owner, et cetera, et cetera, there's, this is a guy that you can really um, take advantage of being a free agent and adding him to your team. But uh, that's a, that's as much as I've got for that game. Sometimes Don't you can't go the, with uh, words. you got to just trust your feeling. <laughs> um, Brown's Colts was super exciting. Jacoby Brissett, for me. my goodness. Um, <laughs> three rushing, three touchdowns, two rushing. He uncorked one to T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton had a big-time game. You can just see the relief in his face when he said that. And, Scott, you had mentioned that you were like, it's pretty much now or never for T.Y., so you got to trust him. Yeah, and he was um, he was hitting – you know, I think he had a, I think he had four catches yeah. of 20-plus yards in the first half. Yeah. So Brissett just – Pounced them. Yeah, there was it was a bright light on the cold season, and now we start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Andrew Luck possibly coming back to practice as early as Wednesday with his eyes set on a week six return. That obviously unlocks so many different things for this Colts offense. And you know, for now, if they get a plus matchup again, why not roll out, you know, your T. Y. Hilton? Right. Have faith in Frank Gore. And if you feel like you can get away with it, roll with Brissett. I mean you know, two touchdowns. Two yeah. rushing touchdowns. Two rushing touchdowns, a, a throwing touchdown. He led a couple scoring drives against um, the Cardinals last week. I mean, right. it, you could do worse. Yeah, and he, we've been saying it a lot now. He's playing well, and uh, I text Tom in the middle of the game, like, dude, Brissett, two rushing touchdowns. And he's like, he's vulturing all the Doyle touchdowns. Like, what is going on? <laughs> but, you know, obviously um, he was my plum pick last week, so I'm happy that, that he did well. Unfortunately, it didn't yield really any dividends for me in DraftKings. The rest of my team kind of sucked. But whatever, we're not talking about them. We're talking about Brissett and how good he was. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but it has to be, like, such a plus matchup. Yeah. It has to be the Browns. It has to be, you know, one of those horrible teams with the defense that you know is bad for me and when the start Colts Brissette are at home still. right you know it, it, it all needs it was like kind of like a perfect storm for Brissett this week I thought and he was able to cash in on it um this week they go and play Seattle so bench every Colt maybe you have. not yeah. yeah um the Jets beat the Dolphins I don't know I got nothing I don't get it Robbie um, Anderson touchdown looked pretty good. You know, great. How about great, the throw yeah. by McCown though? That yeah. was a perfect throw. Yeah. The Jets defense came to play. That's what happened. And they're you know the Jets are weird because yeah they're a bad team, 
but they drafted two young, really good safeties. So deep at the back, and they signed Morris Claiborne. Right, and they signed Morris. So so their defensive backfield has improved, and their defensive line has been good for you know pretty much a decade. So they were able to get pressure. You know, when a team is able to get pressure with their front four. And it leaves less time for the quarterback to throw. This is the kind of games that you see. And and it's weird that it was from the Jets for sure. Nobody expected it. But the Jets came out, played more physical, hit him square in the mouth. And the next thing you know, it's 20 to nothing as Jake Cutler throws BS sideline passes to Devontae Parker for a quarter. Yeah, so we really... I loved it. We really got to look at that one. I don't know exactly how to feel about it. Yeah. Jake Cutler versus the... Versus New Orleans, like you look at it, you look at the schedule, you go, okay, if you don't have a quarterback who you trust, who's playing New Orleans? That's right. like number one on the docket. You see it's Jay Cutler. Then you look at last week, he played the Jets, who you would think is like, like oh, another God. plus matchup, and he only got 11 fantasy points. This is and Jay Cutler at his finest, though. In garbage time, yeah. So last week he was efficient. He was peppering uh, Jarvis Landry, Landry yeah. and then this week it was like the doors fell off. So it's tough to know. Um, I think there's better options out there than Jay Cutler. And that's not to say that he can't go out there and put up a 20-point performance right. because he can and he has, but he's just an inconsistent guy. Right. Yeah. No doubt. That's Jay Cutler. Yep. Texans-Patriots, I feel like we covered pretty much everything. You know, the Patriots are rolling already, and you got to start pretty much every share that you have of them. They pretty was, much want to pick up every interesting player on the Texans. To, to me, it was nice to see Cooks kind of emerge and yeah. and break through the end zone. Um Cooks has 10 catches so far this year for 256 yards. So he's putting up big, big yards per catch type of numbers. And, uh, you know, you got to think that's only going to get better. But moving on, you know, like like we said, Deshaun Watson rocks, I yeah. think. I think that he's worth a start. And if he's out there in a 2QB league, I, you know, he's a, he's a weekly starter. Absolutely. Yeah, Ryan Griffin at tight end comes in, gets five targets – or five catches, excuse me, and a touchdown. So, you know, they've used him before – Possible another guy, another guy in that tight end mix we've been yep. talking about. It took them twelve quarters, but the Giants finally put up some points, put up some touchdowns, and f- go figure. They basically had to do it by just force feeding the same Odell. way they always yeah, have, same way they always do. <laughs> I'm Sterling, not sure there's another receiver who could have made both those catches into touchdowns. That's unbelievable. I can't believe the second one with the left hand pinning it on the shoulder. I mean, as you guys know, I'm not the biggest Odell Beckham fan as a person but you know just what he what he does on the field is just absolutely it's undeniable people say that you know there's receivers that you know all the receivers can make those catches and it's just not true like Odell Beckham makes catches that nobody else makes right. and all the while he's doing that stuff with his feet as he's got to be yeah. in the end zone to get yeah. both feet in it's just incredible he gets like 3 feet in before it happens. but unfortunately enough for they them they can't run the ball. they can't run the ball their punter punts the ball like 12 yards and then Carson Wentz comes in and zings a couple in and gives our boy Elliott the shot, and he nails it from 60. Giants having punting issues against the Eagles? Is it Christmas 2011 again? <laughs> right, when Deshaun um, had that crazy return. We're getting into the 4 o'clock slate now. The Titans dismantled the Seahawks in the second and third quarters. The Seahawks had to come back from 16 down. They almost did. Ended up losing 33-27. DeMarco Murray haters had to had to go back into their caves for another week. Uh, he his seventy five yard touchdown run was very impressive. It was Mariota so interesting. Really I was good. we were I was watching that and was like, are they going to tackle him? Like are the Seahawks going <laughs> to dive at him? Or like yeah. they all just kind of like were standing around. And... It was almost another run for your job kind of play. Uh, he only had one more attempt than Henry. Right. So you know, kind of interesting. They both had one reception. I think Demarco Murray has a bigger upside right now. You know, they like him a lot. I think he's still comfortably ahead of Henry, but if you're a DeMarco Murray owner, you should obviously own Henry or try to get him on the cheap. Uh, Eric Decker, I thought, had a really good game, a nice game. He was playing good football. Rashard Matthews had a beautiful touchdown. Yes, so he did. It just shows that their receiving core is pretty good. Yeah, Johnny Smith with a touchdown in two yeah, consecutive weeks. Even yeah. against um, the Seahawks. Mariota put something together, yep. and his rushing ability is going to give it's, you a couple points as well. It's interesting, the Titans, you know, that first week they had to throw so much against Oakland because they got behind so fast. But I think over the last two weeks, we've kind of seen more of their identity where they're going to pound you with the run, and then they're going to use that play action with all those playmakers they have and Mariota's ability to just make the throws. You know, it's like really, they really picked apart a defense that, you know, is rare to come by getting picked apart. Uh, Absolutely. I think their offensive line has looked better than any unit, including Dallas. Yeah, they've been this awesome. Year. Um, Chiefs Chargers, 
I think Kareem Hunt's the best running back in the NFL. I think you're right. He's the best unbelievable. There's no doubt about it. it. It's just another week of do you. It does. I look at the guy in first place. They have Kareem Hunt. Yeah, every, every league almost. Yeah, almost every it's league. Nuts. I mean, Scott and I in our college league, the guy who had David Johnson got Kareem Hunt, and it's basically the same statistics. Yeah, I have it. I have a league like that. But um, every night I go to bed wondering what it'd be like if I had them both. <laughs> for the Chiefs, Tyree Kill also gets a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, one target, one catch, one yard. I mean, they didn't need him because you know Philip Rivers basically threw it away, and then Kareem Hunt salted it away. Moving over to the Chargers, Melvin Gordon exits with a bone bruise. That's what he was dealing with in practice. He was listed questionable, but always looked like he was going to play. Wanted to come back in the game and actually did for two carries in the fourth quarter, but it was so far it was so far out of hand they didn't want to get him hurt. I think he's going to end up playing and being fine for this week, but I mean, Phillip Rivers, my goodness. It's a Phil week. Yeah. You know, next week when he throws three touchdowns and for 300 yards, you know, probably against some team that you'd never expect him to. Um, you'll be saying, "Oh, here's Philip Rivers again." You know, make confusing you like he always has been. He's always been, you know, he's a higher end, inconsistent guy. He's his games are normally not this rock bottom. Yeah. But you know, when you go and play in Kansas City, sometimes you you they go out home. there they and you have. Home. Oh wow, you're right. They, they were, were home. home. So it's that's, barely a home game out there in Los Angeles, man. <laughs> Those LA Galaxy fans <laughs> just don't give, have interest let's in give American Phillip football. Let's Rivers some more excuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me let me let me get my notepad out. <laughs> no, I mean he's a great quarterback, um, but you know just not his day. He he had a good fantasy production game against Denver. So to prove right. your point, it's like, and he was at Denver. So right. To prove your point, it's like. You know, it's he's fantasy just, football's favorite headache. Yeah, he's a headache, but he's worth it a lot of the time. And that's the reason. If you have him, you waited so long to get a quarterback. Yeah, it's you like, should have these other position players that might be able to keep you afloat, even get a win in a week like that. And then in the other weeks where he's putting together 15-point games, you're going to be good to go. Right. Bengals-Packers, it was a week of first for Aaron Rodgers. He gets his first win in overtime. He gets his first win against the Bengals. And he gets his first win in a week where Olivia Munn was starring in a movie that opened up at the box office. So it was a big week for Aaron. Three touchdowns through his (laughs) second career pick six, which, I mean, it's three picks in three weeks. or Yeah, it's his fourth turnover in in three weeks. I mean, not what we're used to seeing, but the touchdown production... The escapability of the pocket, the manipulating of plays. He hits a 71-yard pass to Geronimo Allison in overtime. By the way, I thought Allison looked really good, but he's not exactly on our waiver wire hero radar yet. Once Cobb comes back, he's going to be shelved. Yeah, he's going to shelved. And and Cobb was, uh, well, they didn't practice. They don't practice today, but since since they're playing on Thursday, they have to put out that fake injury report. And they said that... um, Cobb would have been a full go in practice today if they practiced today. Oh. Take, you got to take that for what it's worth, obviously. Um, I would have also been a full go at Packers practice today if, I was <laughs> if they team. asked. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was interesting to me to see Ty Montgomery get so bottled up. Um, I thought really the Bengals' defense was going to let him go wild. Yeah, uh, it was It was a really interesting week. Um, this is a great week, though, to get Ty Montgomery on the cheap. You know, yeah. especially if you're in a standard league. I mean... PPR leagues, I think everybody knows his value. He had eight catches for 15 yards, <laughs> so he even still turned in a, in a double-digit week. Yeah, with that, you know, lack of production. But I mean, you know, Jordy Nelson, the quad injury is not an issue at no, all. No. Um, going over to the Bengals, this is Joe Mixon's backfield. He was in for 57 percent of the snaps. He had 20 touches. Giovanni Bernard had five, and King Hill had, I think, five or eight. I might have actually. Yeah switched it so th- it's his backfield aj green looks great like we said it was Tyler great Eifert. to see him come back With and the have a day offensive coordinator it seems that the things are just going right to Mixon. Now. yeah and right to Mixon and quick off the snap to aj yeah. it seems like that's where it's going to go and i mean realistically that's what that's where it should go i mean yeah. Mixon, you know i i haven't been the biggest fan of him but you know he's coming on he's starting to get more carries and I thought that he showed Le'Veon Bell like patience on some of those carries, really just shuffling his feet and finding the holes and and running that kind of new style running back that um, we all like to see. So I'm interested. I, I want to see more of Joe Mixon going forward. Yeah, for sure. So, like we said, Washington dismantled Oakland. Uh, another game, like as you said, Scott. You know, with the comments that President Trump made, it was a very uneasy, 
uh, week for a lot of these NFL teams, and I think it kind of showed with that Sunday night game after you know they saw everything that had happened before, and you know there was apparently some scheduling issues that prevented the Raiders from doing what they wanted to do. Scheduling, yeah. So the mindset of that team being what it was, I think it was just a perfect storm. You know, they got their doors blown off. Amari Cooper, one catch, six yards. Michael Crabtree, one catch, seven yards. Was hurt. I'm not sure if it, he stayed out because they were getting blown out. I'm not sure if he stayed out because he was, you know, excessively hurt. We haven't seen anything from him yet, which leads me to believe he's on the healthier side. Um, Hopefully. And, and, you know, Washington's offense, I think, is in a, in a very good rhythm now. They really used that momentum from their last drive, the game-winning drive against the Rams. They looked very good all night last night. I think you know you gotta Washington's let Kirk, in a good spot. You gotta let Kirk air it out, and that's what they didn't really do the first two weeks. He's been one of the better quarterbacks in the league throwing deep, deep. passes over the past couple of years, and um, I think they kind of started to open up that playbook a little bit. And you saw that great play by Doxon, but you saw also saw that beautiful throw to Vernon Davis over the middle of the field, and you know he hit a lot of long touchdowns. They were able to get Chris Thompson out in space, He's which a is monster. what they're begging for this year. They they yeah. that screen that that Thompson got that he almost took to the house that seventy five yarder. That's what the Redskins want every play. Him running with open room, and you know. Will it be like that every week? I don't think so. I love the Raiders, and I think I'm just going to say, you know, they had a rough weekend, and they kind of just laid a turd, but they'll be back. All right. We've got one more game. Cowboys-Cardinals should be an interesting one. Tom needs a big Zeke week to close out a win. I hope he gets it because Tom's not playing against me. Um, (laughs) I think you're going to get it, dude. 22. I think it's a big Zeke week. I do. I don't know why. I just feel like it. No plums? Deep down. (laughs) Do you want me to do the drop? No. <laughs> okay. Um, so that'll wrap it up. We will be back on Thursday morning. Or Thursday, yeah, we'll be back in your ears Thursday morning with our week four preview. Uh, who's your number one waiver pickup this week, guys? The guy we just talked about, Chris Thompson. Absolutely. I love him. Um, I'm going to go with Deontay Foreman. I'm going to go with one that's probably owned, but I'm just going to cover our bases here because there's going to be leagues where he's not owned yet. And that's Chris Carson. So if Chris Carson is still available, um, he's like a number one waiver claim yeah. guy. Right. Good Absolutely. call, Tom. Because you're right. There are some leagues, you know, you look on Yahoo, the percent owned, it's not 100, and it should be. So, yeah. you know, if you're in one of those leagues, definitely. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us. We will see you all Thursday. And until then, keep scoring. Baby, we were born to win.